0: good to be here with you guys again. I said uh, last Sunday that this is like a family reunion for me every week that I get to have and I thought about that all week and uh, I just, I do, I love you guys so much. Um, But I have to correct something that I said last week. You know, we spoke on integrity so I have to use my integrity and and apologize to you guys. Um, So I am sorry. I misled you and I said something that was incorrect. The slide that I put up of core values um, was not from our City Reach website page. I should have known that. Plus, I taught you guys to verify what you're saying. I failed to do that myself. It came from actually Tim Brooks' uh, automotive website, but I want you to know that our, our church is built on integrity. It really is. So I, I stood true in that part. <laughs> um, the message that I have for you guys today. Fred already mentioned, is about the armor of God, and I've entitled it Suit Up, which is something that you have to do every morning. Just as you're getting dressed, you have to place the armor of God on at at that time also. Um, I was told by Fred this morning, no pressure on it, um, but there's a lot of pressure on it. Um, You know, sometimes I feel like I'm living in the shadow of Fred, but God reminded me again this morning that I am set apart. I'm for him. Um, but yesterday, the reason I say I'm in that shadow is Devontae Jackson, the, the new singer, he, he tells me that the first message he ever heard from Fred was armor of God. And then his next words were, it was the best message I ever heard. <laughs> I told him to not come to church today. <laughs> no, pressure. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. Um, so like I said, it's suit up. We are going to read down from Ephesians 6.10 through verse 18. Let's go ahead and read that real quick. In verse 10, starting there. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Verse 13, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having gritted your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet, with the preparation of the gospel of peace above all taking the shield of faith with which you would be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Verse 18 praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Amen. Amen. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and pray over the top of these verses and ask for, for God to just speak right now. Father God, we tell you again that we love you and we thank you for all that you have done, are doing, and will do. God, as we take into this message today, as always, let it be 100% of you and zero of me. God, I ask that you move your spirit inside of this building that we call the church today Strengthen our armor, repair our armor and, and give to those who don't have not placed it on God. I ask that you strengthen everyone here from the words that you will speak today, and God, we accept your spirit to dwell among us today. We thank you for Jesus, we thank you for His sacrifice, we thank you for His blood. We tell you again that we love you, we honor you, we praise you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. So I want to explain something about Ephesians real quick, and and this will let you know that that God can speak to you in so many different ways. So what is going on with Paul, who is the one that wrote uh, this letter um, to the Ephesians? At the same time he wrote this, um, he wrote the book of Philippians and the book of Colossians, I believe it is. Somewhere between A.D. 60, A.D. 62 is what I'm to understand that these letters were written and delivered. But Paul is allowing God to speak to him through the circumstances that he is in. And it isn't that the, the skies opened up, as I always say, and God came with this loud thunderous voice. He's in prison right now, or house arrest as some claim it to be. But he's seeing Roman guards all the time. And as he's speaking... And writing this letter, he's looking at a Roman, a Roman, did I say Roman God? Okay, guard. <laughs> Wanted to make sure I was correct. <laughs> Don't want any false gods in here. So uh, the Roman soldier that he's looking at, he's allowing God to, to speak to him through a visual sense that, that he has. He's looking at something, and and he's just placing together what is God from what he's seeing. What do you need from God? So it's it's all it's it's ultimately cool to know that. Because anywhere you're sitting, anytime you're at work, uh, if you're in a prison, hopefully you're not. We're all done with that life. Um, at, a, at a football game, I was on a football field. That's how I got the message last week. But God can speak to you in so many different ways if you're willing to open up your mind and your spirit to the voice of God. God has spoke to me a lot. I do not believe I've ever heard the audible voice of God. I've heard some people say they have, and they never want to hear it again um, because of, of how great a power it has. But God can speak to you in different ways. So the first verse that we read was Ephesians 6.10, and it said, Finally, my brother, and be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. I believe I'm pronouncing that word correctly, but I may not. Um I broke this this verse into three different parts. And the first part of it is finally, my brother, and be strong in the Lord and in his power, and in the power of his might. You have to understand that you are weak, he is strong. It is only by the power of him that you can fight the battle that is that is for him. It's it's by his might. And that is that is in, in his His will. His way. There's there's not our selfish way that we can fight this battle. We're going to see that, that the battle we fight is not right in front of us. It's in the unseen, which we'll get to in a second. But verse 11 goes on to say, put on the whole armor of God. I need everybody to understand this. You can't walk around with just the helmet of salvation and none of the rest of it. There is a purpose in every piece of the armor. Also... The armor can get uncomfortable. I don't know if anybody here has ever worn any type of body armor. I have personally myself. And the first time you put it on, it is heavy. It is uncomfortable. It doesn't feel right. You feel like your, your mobility isn't, isn't the same. Understand that with God. When you, when you come to Him and you place on His, it may be uncomfortable for a second. The more that you wear it, the longer that you train in it, the easier and lighter it becomes for you. So go through a period of uncomfortability if you've never placed it on. I promise you it will get lighter for you. Then it goes on to say that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, that first part says, may be able. This is the, the one of the most important facts about God is you the, the reason it says may be able is because it's your choice. The only way that this armor will be placed on you, the only way you will ever have a sword to swing in your hands is if you're willing to pick it up and put it on. God is a choice, not a requirement. That is why God gave us free will choice. He doesn't want soldiers that are forced to be in his presence. He doesn't want soldiers that have to fight for him. He wants soldiers who want to fight for him. That word, wows of the devil, I tracked that back. It's it's said in different translations, different ways. Um, This is the English standard. And it says, schemes of the devil. Um, I want you to understand that tracking that word back, what I found was, was a word called "methodia." And it means cunning arts, deceit, crafty, and trickery. The enemy does not fight fair with us. And he does not fight in a way that we would think he would, of just coming up and, and throwing a blow to the face or, or, or with a weapon standing in front of you, knowing that he's going to harm you. He is going to use sleight of hand. He's going to use little unseen things that you're not paying attention to. It. The word means cunning arts. That means to have a beautiful picture painted with just one or two little pieces of trickery inside of it. The, the enemy can ultimately paint a great picture for what you're walking into, and, and that be nothing of God whatsoever. He will, make, he will make that new relationship look good at the beginning, but it will drag you away. Deceit, craft, and trickery. So just remember that, that he doesn't fight fair. Verse 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. I want you to see that he he labels this all as plural, Multiple. Understand that you're not fighting just one enemy. There is multiple little minions that are following the, the, the enemy that we fight. When, when Satan was cast, there was multiple that went with him. So understand it. it's not just one set way, not one set thing. He has enemies of all shapes, sizes, strengths, categories, all of it. It says that, that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. It's, it's not my, my wife that I'm fighting against in an argument. It's, it's the spirit of attitude that comes out of her that I'm fighting against. I had to use that one because I always get her on her attitude. I, I love you. My wife, is, she's, she's fabulous. She supports me and everything. So I, I'll give her that. So, But it's, it's not flesh and blood. And Jesus says this in John 18, 36. He said, Jesus answered, this is him talking, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. There's, and, and there's a part where, where Jesus, he's, he's, he's being ready to be captured um, and turned over. And, and one of his disciples grabs a sword and swings for him. Cuts the ear of a Roman soldier. But, but Jesus stops him. Why? Because it wasn't the Roman soldiers that they're supposed to be fighting with. It's, that's not our enemy. The, the people in our city, the, the ones in our church, the, these, we're not fighting against them. We're fighting against the spiritualness that is behind the deception that is in this world. Today's 9-11. We're fighting a a physical enemy because of things that had taken place. But I need you to understand that it's not not them that we're actually fighting against. It's a false God that led them into something that we need to be battling against. We need need to to put down the weaponry of this world and pick up the weaponry of God. If there was more of us that, that got into that and fought the battle where it was supposed to be fought, our world would not be what it is today. And I promise you, prayer changes things. Also, Jesus tells us in Matthew 19, he says, Honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Again, Jesus is being very clear that it's, it's not humans that we're fighting against. It's not flesh and blood. It's not the person standing in front of you. It is the deception and the enemy wants you to think that it's, your w- that it's your wife that you're against your husband that you're against against your neighbor that throws his gla- grass clippings over on your yard that you're fighting against it's not it's not It goes on to say, though, in that verse, it says, but against principalities and against powers and rulers of darkness in this age. Again, I, I show you that it's, it's plural version that, that he's using there. But it says, darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Heavenly places. The main enemy that you are fighting against is right here. It's in your heart. It's inside of you. A lot of times when you see a problem with somebody else, go look in the mirror and you're identifying that because you live that same way. Spirits recognize one another. And that's, that's one of the hardest facts to accept. You and I are heavenly places. The day that you say, yes, I believe in you, God, I accept you, God, the Spirit of God takes up inside of you. And where the Spirit of God lives is a heavenly place. It is holy. Right. That is you and I. Most of the time we're fighting against a battle of good and evil that is inside of ourself. Ephesians 6.13 says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, to stand. Again, I want you to recognize that it says take up the whole armor. Not pick and choose when you get ready in the morning of, "Ah, eh, I've got salvation, so I don't need to worry about the rest of it." Well, my righteousness will stand. Well, your righteousness is nothing if your shield of faith isn't sitting in front of it. Your 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 helmet is nothing if you're not wearing the rest of your body armor, and none of your armor is good if you don't have the weapon of the sword The word of God to battle with. Run up against the enemy just wearing battle armor. You will be defeated. If you have nothing to retaliate with, if you don't have an offensive weapon, he will eventually take you. You may be able to stand for a moment. You may be able to stand for an hour. But it eventually will overcome you because you have nothing to injure them with. It says, in the middle of that verse, it says, in the evil day. I, I want you guys to really listen to this part. If you, if you don't pay attention to any, any of the rest of that, I want you to hear what I'm saying here. Stop fighting the enemy of yesterday. Stop looking so far ahead of the enemy of tomorrow or next week. Fight the enemy that you're standing against right now, right here the enemy that's directly in front of you in this day. One of the issues that we have, and I see it with a lot of people I talk with, with the homes that we work with, they, they're they so hung up on the enemy that's already defeated in their life that they're not seeing the hundred that are that are gaining ground right in front of them. You get so tied up and uh, this happened and, this, and, I, and I see this one and this is the only problem and you're standing here while everything for the next hundred days is impiling, piling, up in front of you. And by the time you de- you, you've determined that this enemy is dead and defeated, you go to take your next step, and you have all these problems in front of you because you were so tied up in worrying about one. When you say, "I'm, I'm going to use this one for homes," when you say, "Take this addiction from me, God. It's dead. It's gone. Right there. You don't need to worry about that tomorrow." The only way you need to worry about it is if you allow yourself to turn around and pick it back up. Move past it. Done all to stand is the ending of that verse. When you wake up tomorrow morning, I want you guys to tell yourself something. I did everything I could do yesterday to be successful and I'm going to do it again today. Done all to stand. Don't, don't half-witch your, your life. Don't, don't only pick your shield of faith up when, when it's comfortable or convenient. Pick it up at all times in the battle. Be willing to wear the armor at all times. Do everything that you can to get closer to God today so that when you do wake up in the morning, you can say, I did all that I could do. Now, your all doesn't look like everybody else's. And I've said this a lot to you guys. Stop comparing yourself to somebody else. Stop looking at somebody else's armor. Stop looking at somebody else's truth to find your own. There is one place that you search for your truth. There is one place where you look at to to repair your armor, and that is God himself just stop comparing yourself to everybody else. Stand therefore, verse 14, having gritted your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. So up until this point, we've discussed the, 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 the enemy that we are facing. This whole first couple of verses was who we're going against. These next couple of verses... Our preparation for who we're going against. There's going to be three parts to this. First part was knowing your enemy. This is preparing for your enemy. You can guess what comes next after that. That's the actual attack of your enemy. The battle that you're going to fight. Right now we're going to look at the preparation. And the first one is having gritted your waist with truth. We also know this as the belt of truth. There's one truth. One truth, and that's the truth of God. And where you stand in Him, what you do for Him. We must believe and stand in the truth of God and His Word. You have to stand and know who you are in God. This is the most important truth to realize. Who are you in Christ, And I love this part in, in John 8, verses 13 and 14 of what Jesus says here. The Pharisees therefore said to him, You bear witness of yourself. Your witness is not true. Jesus answered and said to them, Even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true. For I know where I came from and where I'm going. But you do not know where I come from. And where I'm going. layman terms and how God speaks it to me is I don't care what you think of me. I don't care what you say about me. I know who I am. I'm a child of God. You can call me what you want to. You can say what you want to about me. But it doesn't matter. I'm a child of God. I know that I came from Him. And I know that I'm going back to him because that's who I serve. If you think back all the way back to the beginning of time, if truth would have prevailed, we wouldn't be in the situation we're in today. If Eve, uh, listen, I'm not blaming it on ladies. Do not twist this, okay? I'm going to mention men too. If Eve would have just said the truth, and would have stood in the truth, and known what God said to her, we wouldn't have what we have. But also, if Adam would have stood in the truth of leading her, That's right. and wouldn't have partook into her lie also, we wouldn't be where we're at. Stand in the truth, know who you are in God. Now, I told you that Paul was standing and looking at a physical I want you to understand, he's looking at the Roman soldier, he sees his belt. The belt is not a physical piece of armor. The belt is what holds the armor together and tightly to you. Without the truth, your body armor is floppy and sways in the wind and all that, and leaves openings for you. Now, also on the belt, it had insignias or tassels. I don't know exactly what they called it but it allowed the other other people, the other Roman soldiers, to know what part of the army that soldier was with. It said what ranking they were, that kind of thing. What does your belt say about you? Can, can Can I look at you and identify by your truth that you are a child of God? Can I look at your truth? And tell that you live inside of God. That you are in his army. Next is the breastplate of righteousness. What the truth holds tightly to. And pulls to the the soldier. Understand what righteousness comes from. And what righteousness is. And the only way. That the righteousness comes to us is by the blood of Jesus what he did taking a savage beating being nailed to a cross and put on display for everybody dying and being placed in the grave is the only righteousness the blood of Jesus is your righteousness it is what cleanses you before God We're told that in 1 Peter 2.24, He Himself bore our sins in His own body on the tree that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. By the whippings you were healed, but it's by his, His blood that you become righteous. But I want you to see again in that verse, might live for righteousness. I told you at the beginning, that it's a factor of a choice. If you want Jesus' righteousness on top of you, if you want to be covered in the blood of Jesus, it's your choice. It is not forced upon you. God doesn't take you and set you at the foot of the cross and let Jesus' blood cover you. You have to willingly walk up to it, kneel at the base of it, and say, God, drip on it. Come on. Cover me with it. I'm gonna sit here as long as it takes. Righteousness again is a choice. As Paul's looking at the 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 breastplate of righteousness is what he's calling it, the breastplate, the 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 shielding on the on the, the Roman soldier's chest. He acknowledges that it covers the vital organs. The heart, the lungs, all that kind of thing. I'm not a doctor, so I don't know all the inner body parts that are vital. Um, But it covers the vital spots. Jesus' blood covers the most vital spot in your life. Your spirit, your soul, your heart of Jesus. The spirit of God that lives inside of you, he is protecting himself with righteousness. But he's protecting you with it also. Without the breastplate, again I say, you are weak, he is strong. Your flesh is weak, easily penetrated. The righteousness of Jesus is not. It's important to know that the armor of God is is what protects us in the form. Verse 15 goes goes on to saying, Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Also known to us as the shoes of peace. Again, I identify all of this as a choice. I I don't get to just wake up in the morning and my shoes be on. I mean, it may have been that way in a past life for me um, because I went to sleep with them on unconsciously, but not today. It is a choice that I put these shoes on every morning. And I want you to know something about the ones that Paul is looking at. This isn't a mass-produced Nike or combat boot. In another version, it says, made to fit the feet. The shoes that the Roman soldiers wore were designed to their foot. They were cut to the size of their foot. It was made from leather. And the way it was set up was there was a layer of leather, from what I've learned, a layer of leather on the bottom. There was then spikes driven down through that layer, and then there was a couple more layers of leather. And then the the straps were tied to it that would come up around your foot, bottom part of your ankle, and tied tightly to you. Now, as Paul's looking at this, he sees, I, I imagine he sees a lot in it. First thing that I would identify, you have to decide how tight your piece is tied to you. You control whether it can slip around on your foot or fall off easily. And a lot of people don't understand that. They think, oh, well, I've received Jesus, so my life should just be great and grand. That's looking at things from a worldly point of view. The peace of God is not in this world. As it said, it's in his kingdom. The unseen is what it is. The peace of God is inside of your mentality and your heart. Are you okay with the circumstance that you're in? The spikes that were driven through the bottom, they were designed on the Roman soldier so that no matter what terrain he was on, he could stand with a surety that he was not going to slip. They drove into the ground and held him firmly there. That's what we have to understand. Jesus' peace has spikes on it and is willing to whatever terrain you're out there in, whatever terrain you're sitting right here in, it has the opportunity to not slide and let you fall. But again, only if you choose to place them on. Romans 5, 1 tells us, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have the peace of God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The only way that you will find the peace of God is in Jesus. There is no television show There is no cell phone app or game to bring you the peace of God. It is by submission to Him. His might, His will, not your own. Also, with the shoes, you must walk in peace. You must choose to pick one foot up, put it in front of the other. Just like you must choose what your next peace is, what's in your heart, if you allow the things of this world inside. Remember, we're, we're fighting uh, spirits in, in the unseen. We're fighting the, the dominion of the unseen. If you're, if you're allowing these things inside of you, you won't have peace. If you're trying to search and walk in the things of the world, You will not find the peace of God in the world. It's in the unseen. Ephesians 6, 16, above all, taking the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. This is the greatest piece of defensive armor. This is what stands in between you and everything else. Now, the way the shield was created, it was a, a large piece of wood, what is believed to be two foot by four foot. So you can imagine how heavy, how heavy this is. It had two straps on the back of it that, went on, that you slide your arm into to hold. But also, it would have a leather covering on the front of it. That leather covering served a great purpose. We'll get into that in a second. But the first thing I want you to understand about the shield, as I said, it's heavy. It's not one of those things that is made for comfort. There's times that your arm will become weak. There was times that the Roman soldier wanted to put it down. But that you can't. If, if you allow your arm to grow weak and you put your shield down, you have exposed yourself to the enemy. The shield is a must-have at all times. The leather that was on the front of it, before they would go into battle, the, the verse says, to quench all fiery arrows or darts of the enemy. They would take their shields and they would soak them in water and then when they was fighting, the the enemy would fire arrows that were lit on fire. The wet leather was designed to, dis- to extinguish those darts as they hit. This is not something that I'm, I'm saying to you biblically. It's not something I... This is just something that, that God pressed on me and made me think about, which may be a whole other message. What do we do with God? We dip ourselves in water as the baptism to fight a battle. To, to show the enemy that this is what I stand for. So it's just a, a thought process that I had. That's Like I said, that's not something that I, I've found that it, it specifically designates scripture-wise. Just a thought. But your shield is also not just for you. Your shield is a covering for the ones around you. When a Roman soldier would fight and they was was charging into the battlefield and the enemy was still at a distance off and they was firing these fiery arrows at them hundreds at a time, the Roman soldiers would be behind the shield where one of your brothers in battle was placing the shield above you. Your shield is beneficial to all of those sitting around you. Your shield is is beneficial to the ones that are willing to battle with you. But also, are you willing to accept the shield that this guy can put above you? If you don't say something to somebody, they can't cover you. If you don't ask for help from one of your brothers and sisters in Christ, they can't help you. They, They can but it's, it's more beneficial if we speak to them and say, hey, this is the formation we're going in in. This is the battle that we are right now. I need you to cover me on the top and I'll cover you on the front. Now, I didn't talk about it, but I want you to know that all the Roman soldiers' armor that he has, the shield is designed to hold in front of you, the breastplate is in front of you. None of it in the back. And I, I should have said this a little bit ago. But the Roman soldiers... You guys ever heard the the death before dishonor kind of thing? That comes from the fact, I'm going to face the battle. I'm not going to run from it. When you turn around, your shield goes with you, and the breastplate's in front of you. You have nothing covering your back. In, In the army of Christ, if you run from the enemy, you will get stabbed in the back. He will come after you. At times, I told you about the hundreds of arrows fired at once that the shields protect you from. It can look overwhelming. Life in front of you can look overwhelming. Your shield must have the integrity to withstand. You must be willing to use it. So I told you that we protect each, each other. tells us in 1 Peter 5, 9. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may God of all grace, who calls us to eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. The battle that you're in, that your shield is facing, is no different than the person next to you. And sometimes we want to speak that, well, I'm not strong enough. My shield isn't good enough. Or you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know the battle that I'm facing. Stop. It's no different. We're all going through it. That's just a side note for you. And take the helmet of salvation, verse 17. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit which is the Word of God. talk to you first about the, the helmet of salvation. I want you to know how it was designed. It, from what I've learned, it was, a, as you would imagine, what a helmet looks like. But it was hard on the outside, soft and fuzzy on the inside. The, the helmet was, was, like I said, hard on the outside, but they would take animal fur and line it on the inside. Your, your thought process with God is the same. It's nice, warm, and fuzzy to be inside of God. But you must keep a strong exterior to withstand the battle. Now, that's not saying being don't be kind or compassionate or anything like that. That's saying, I, I enjoy being inside of this. And I will not allow anything from the exterior in to damage it. The helmet of salvation, when, when Paul's looking at it, he's, he's seeing that it's covering the head, and he knew that it was important for us to have a thought process, a mentality of Christ. So that's what he's talking about here. tells us in 1 the Thessalonians 5.8, But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, And as a helmet, the hope of salvation. The thought process of it. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. You must think like God. You must think of God to receive salvation. You must know what it is. It's a knowledge that you have to have. But it says, after you think, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. That's Romans 12, verse 2. But then you will learn to know God's will. Only... If you receive the helmet of salvation, only if you have the thought process of hard on the exterior, soft on the inside, only if you have the thought of salvation can God give you His will. And His will is knowing your battle plan, knowing the enemy that you're up against. Knowing that you have received the blood of Christ as your your righteousness. Knowing that you're walking in peace knowing that you're wearing the belt of truth. It's very clear to us in Acts 4.12, it says, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. One way. And you must know that. You must not only know that, you must believe that. Two pieces of head knowledge that you must have. Christ died for me. Christ was hung on the cross for me. Christ went to the grave for me. Christ rose for me. What did that cause? Salvation inside of the kingdom of God. That's what handed me my armor. You must know and believe that. Now, everything that we have spoke about up to that point is defensive armor. They're not offensive. There is one piece of offensive armor. There is only one sword, and that is the sword of the Spirit, which is also identified as the Word of God. How did did Jesus defeat the enemy when he stood in front of him? Scripture. If Jesus didn't know Scripture, he probably would have fell victim to the enemy at that time. And I'm talking about where Jesus was led into the wilderness and tempted by the enemy. He was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness and tempted by the enemy. And Jesus replied simply with Scripture. Here's the thing with your sword. Any soldier has to proficiently train with his weaponry. With a sword, you had to sharpen, you had to keep dry, you had to clean. This is where a lot of us, we suit up, but we're walking around with one of them little red pocket knives and a little cross on the side of it, thinking that's going to hurt the enemy. You can't even clean your fingernails half the time with those things. <laughs> if you don't train with your weapon, someone else who has trained with a weapon will be able to defeat you. And I promise you, I used to hear it in the NA and AA rooms all the time. They said, they said, your addictions in the parking lot don't push-ups. It's the same with the enemy. He's sitting right outside these doors right now. Training with his weapon. Getting stronger. Becoming more proficient. Waiting on you. On a daily basis, when I was going through basic training, we was trained with our weapons. And it is the same with the sword of God. On a daily basis, you must care for your sword. Now, your sword also hangs where when you're not in battle? On the belt of truth. Your sword must be hung on the belt of truth. For you to have it ready for battle. Too many times we want to twist scripture. Because we heard it a certain way. Or you know it was preached a certain way. Or the the nice little catchy saying that was on somebody's wall. Or something like that. I got news for you. You can watch a person train with their sword all day long, every day. Until you pick that sword up yourself and start swinging it, you have no idea how to use it. You have no idea how heavy it is. Again, truth and, and, and training. I want you to hear what Jesus says, how important. The sword is. Then he said to them, he's talking to his disciples, but now he who has a money bag, let him take it. And likewise, a knapsack. And he who has no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. It is better for you to be naked than without the word of God. You... Jesus, what I, what I took from this is he's saying that this is more valuable than anything you can earn in your life. The word of God has that much value to it. Now. One more thing on the sword. As the shield is the only other piece of armor that can assist another person. So you only have two pieces that can assist others. Your shield and your sword. The Roman soldiers used to do it when they'd be in that formation and one was holding the sword up, or the shield up and the one with the shield in front of them, the man who's standing here can utilize the sword in between the shields. We need to understand the same. we can swing our sword for somebody else. You guys are doing that right now. You can take the word of God, you can hear it from one another, you can can see them attack for you, but again, if you want to utilize your own sword, you must be willing to pick it up. And in case I haven't been clear enough on the sword, pick your Bible up and read it. Learn the word of God for yourself. The last verse of what I have for you guys, was, was verse 18. Now again, we talked about, there, there is the, the enemy, the preparation for the battle, now the battle, says this, praying always, with all prayer and supplication, in the spirit, being watchful to this end, with all perseverance and supplication, for all saints, Notice what the first part of the battle is. Praying. You can train with your sword all day long. You can put the armor on every day. But until you step into the battle with an action plan, it it really serves no purpose. I can stand back here in armor all day long, but that doesn't mean I'm in the battle. I want you to understand, it says praying always with all prayer and supplication. The supply of God. God will continue supplying you. But prayer is the most important battle plan that you can ever have. It is how you attack the enemy. The sword is used in the attack. The word of God is used in your prayers. It's great to pray, God, give me this, give me this, give me this. Well, it is important that you pick a scripture, speak it over top of yourself, include it inside of your prayers. God, I know that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. God, I, I, the, the, the battle that's in front of me, I know I can do all things through you. Use these things in your prayer. Can I have a worship team? My bad. But it says, being watchful to, these, to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. I want you to know why it says being watchful to this end. 1 Peter 5.8 tells us this. Being sober, being vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may dev- devour. It says may devour. There's only one way That he can devour you. And that is if you do not put on the armor of God. If you do not pick up your sword and train for it. He's walking around at all times. Seeking to destroy you. Take your armor and tie it tight with the belt of truth. Whitney. As the worship team comes up, I'd like you guys to stand with me and let's, let's utilize the greatest weapon that we've been given. Let's fight the battle with prayer. If, if there's somebody here that's never picked up your armor or maybe you just haven't tied it tight, don't wait till tomorrow. Do all that you can do today To defeat the enemy so that when you wake up in the morning you know that you've done your best let's go ahead and pray father god just tell you thank you thank you for your word your life we thank you for the the training that you have given us we thank you for the the sharpest sword That ever existed we thank you that you've given us an open relationship with you to hear our battle plan god if there's somebody here today that's never put on their armor never received your helmet of salvation open their heart today god hand them the armor with love allow them to receive it god God, as we walk from here, give us the encouragement to train with our sword. Allow us to have revelation inside of your word, to see it in truth, be able to speak it in truth. God, I ask as we take this event today, that every one of us go with strong armor, that every one of us shine, our belt of truth shall be seen by all of them. Would it be the truth of you? God, we are praying for for others to receive salvation today. We're praying for others to see your love and your light today. We just thank you. Again, God, we tell you that we love you. In Jesus' name we pray.